Wazmo with the Z? Is it Come on. Wazoo, like with the, the Z? They like Zs or something? <laughs> and then you have the hit on Jaren where, where he fumbles the ball. You have joined the exclusive club <laughs> of mixing with my name. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. Let's now bring in the voice of the Cougars for Washington State. Matt Chaz now joins the program. Matt, welcome. Good to have you, man. Great to be here. It's great to talk to you guys. Thanks for having me. You were just saying during the break that, uh, you know, Lewiston has world-famous fishing and there's a paper mill. There's, like, way more to Lewiston than I knew about? Um, it probably, well, it's probably a lot more than you knew about, unless you've been to Lewiston, Idaho before. I, I, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, there's some stuff going on down there. The, the real show is up the grade, about 45 minutes when you get into the Pullman, you get into the wheat fields, out of the Palouse. Nice. I, I've hung out in McCall. Uh, I've, I was hanging out in Island Park last week. I love. I was born in Idaho. You know, it's all good. We, we were joking, too. Like, why haven't we played this game more? This is somewhat regional, right? Um, first time since 2012, you know, with Mike Leach's first game at Washington State. Before that was 90. And then there was some holiday, you know, holiday bowl in there and whatnot. Uh, maybe BYU should play Washington State again. I, I like the idea of this. What do you think? I love this game. Like, I, I think this, I, when this was on the schedule and I saw this was part of the deal, I love that it's a little later in the year. You know, I, I think this, and now the, in the context of everything that's going on with the Washington State Cougs and even, the, even BYU, you know, you guys, BYU started out top 25, 5-0, and all this stuff, lost a couple games. It's a big game. You know, I, I love this game. I love the BYU brand, right, what it means nationally and – what it, it is coming in here, you know, headed to the Big 12 and whatnot. It'd be awesome if the Cougs, if we did Cougs and Cougs kind of baked in and what is to come of the non-conference schedule coming forward. Couldn't agree more. No, if I'm being downright honest, uh, I hate what has happened at Washington State. Like, I hate that the athletes are dealing with this and that it came to this. And that's not a political statement. It's just... I just wish that Rolovich could still be the coach and that Washington State could have their full arsenal with staff and players and the mindset. It's obviously not the case there. So what is the mindset right now, Matt, as you look at the preparation of this game? What, how would you explain the mindset of Washington State football given everything that has gone up on, on, off the field? Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's focused, but the spirit of what you're saying is shared, you know, by really all, you know, there, there was no joy in the press conference that uh, university president Kirk Schultz and our director of athletics, Pat Shun had earlier this week. It, it's, it's not like what happened was a relief or was exciting or anything like that. You know, it was a shame and it's, and you're right. It's a shame. It came to that. And um, the, there's probably not enough time that we have here in this window to, to really break it all down. And, or maybe there is, because it's actually not that complicated in, in some way it's straightforward. But, um, you know, I, I think if you ask the guys, you know, where are their heads at right around Wednesday? So like Tuesday evening and then into Wednesday, they had taken Tuesday, they had practiced, but they really processed what this was. Right. And, and then when they got to practice Wednesday, you saw a pretty focused football team. And then yesterday, you saw some of the energy come back, a lot of the joy of being able to prep for BYU. And I really think that the quality of BYU and the opponent that the BYU Cougars are has contributed to the focus. Like, hey, guys, 
you better get it together because this is a really good team coming in here to Pullman. This is the last Saturday game here, home game for Abe Lucas and Liam Ryan and guys, Jod Woods, guys who have been here a long time, played a lot of Cougar football. Next home game is a Friday. Like this is the last Cougar football Saturday as they phrase it here on the Palouse. And, and so I think it means a lot to these guys, you know, and I think this football becomes the sanctuary, becomes a chance to unify, get together and, and try to move forward. And, you know, practice and, and the way the team's organized now, it's less chaotic than you'd think. You know, the, the, there's a lot of experienced football players. Some of the guys who have stepped up are super qualified. There's been a, there've been a couple of outside coaches who are leaked on social media to be joining they, they haven't had a ton of time to really add impact. And, you know, I, I think it's really more about guys who have been here right now. And, and then the question becomes something happens when something happens in the game, right? Game football games don't ever go perfectly. You, you're going to throw an interception. You're going to have a fumble. You're going to go three and out. You're going to have a miscommunication, whatever it might be. How does that adversity go mid game? I, the, I, the whole anticipation for me is what is that sideline like when something goes wrong? You know, it's it, not everything goes right in the game. BYU is way too good to expect that to happen. So that's the question. What's the third quarter like? Halftime adjustments, things like that. Like, what's the second half like when BYU throws a curveball? Matt Chaz now, the voice of the Washington State Cougars, is on BYU Sports Nation. Within the game, takeaways have played a massive role for BYU this season. BYU's 5-0 when it wins the turnover battle. It's 0-2 when it doesn't win it. Tied last week, lost it the week before. And then Washington State is ninth in the country with 15 takeaways, seven picks, eight fumble recoveries. So do you feel like turnovers will be a, a big factor in tomorrow's game? 100%. I mean, no doubt about it. I actually think the goal of the BYU defense and the vision of Jake Dicker and the Washington State Cougar defense seems to be really similar. I mean, if you just look at the numbers on paper, the way Washington State has won games – is with exactly what you're looking at here, turnovers, right? I, I don't think they're terribly concerned with yards between the 20s. I really don't. I think it's about red zone defense, and it's about forcing turnovers. It's been really consistent, guys. They're not good at it every once in a while. Every game, in key moments, they force turnovers. They bow up, and they get key picks, and they force key fumbles. And Jake Dickert's coached it really well. Washington State has won three games in a row and, frankly, have looked really impressive on offense. However, the play caller that is responsible for those three wins largely is now gone because of the firings that happened with Nick Rolovich and company. And the play caller that was demoted has now been promoted again. So, Matt, what kind of offense do you expect in the second go-around by the original play caller? Yeah, so I, I think it's a little bit TBD on – how much that what he really was demoted from and what's he going to be going to. And here's what I mean when I say that at Hawaii in 2001, 20 years ago, the quarterback was Nick Rolovich. The center was Brian green and the slot receiver was Craig Stutzman. Okay. Brian green's been up in the booth. And I think what they really did. And, and I think Craig Stutzman had a really good relationship with Jane Delora, right? They went to the same high school in Hawaii. They known each other for a long time, but Brian Smith knows him also. Right. So Brian Smith's going to go down on the field. And I wonder if the communication face to face in person is really what they were doing when they said, hey, Craig Stutzman, you're the play caller. I mean, we'll, we'll find out, you know, and I, I don't know the degree to which there really was a shift in complete responsibility, probably some veto power. But but sometimes when you play that game of telephone in the game, right, guy up in the booth, guy down on the field, 
head coach out on the field and they're all talking and and it's a it's a maybe a busy headset and then the quarterback comes out to talk to Craig Stutzman and maybe there wasn't enough time on the play clock you know we'll see you know I, I think that Brian Smith being down there he knows this offense they're all the, it's they're all the same tree they're the same team in Hawaii and that's what he's doing here so he'll be down on the field and I think that's what's really going to make a difference in, in this game for what for the Washington State Cougars offensively is is what is that dynamic like Matt you just broke one of our show rules we don't talk about 2001 Hawaii BYU was 12 and 0, ranked ninth. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Went into yeah. Hawaii and gave up a still program record 72 points because Nick freaking Rolovich threw eight touchdown passes. Yeah. We don't talk about that game, bro. Well, listen, you know, it's not all gone. Brian Smith's still there. You know, it's part, <laughs> it's part of the story. It is what oh, it is. Oh, man. Yeah, I hate that day. I hate that day so much. Um, Jaden Delora, <laughs> Pac 12 high, 15 touchdown passes. Has he been a surprise in a pleasant way this year? No, not surprising. He's really gifted. Big recruit. Big recruit. Gifted kid. Played last year. You know, won a game on the road in Corvallis. Obviously, super tough year. The abbreviated pack schedule. I mean, there was a lot of heartbreak last year, guys. Cal, the Cal game was scheduled in warm-ups, uh, was canceled in warm-ups. They never got off the bus to get to the airport to go to Stanford. They get on the bus, they load up, and then they had to pull back. So, you know, Jaden Delora being very good is not a shock. He knows the system. He's a gifted kid. I think actually the surprise was the slow start. The offense was, was really limited the first three games. I mean, the Cougar record could be better, right? Losing to Utah state was a, was a gut punch to start the year. The Cougs didn't score the ball that game. They, the offense was sloppy in Salt Lake city. And that Utah game was a mess. That was not a well-played football game. It wasn't well-played by the Utes was really not well played by the Cougs. And it was tight, but kind of for the wrong reasons. You know, the offense couldn't really get going. Now, Garantano was the quarterback in that game. But they off that was what the offense was, right? And you alluded to the play calling change. Maybe that was the difference. Maybe it was comfort. Maybe it was because Cal's struggling, at least at the time. So, you know, I, I think the surprise really was the slow start more than him playing better these last three weeks. The run and shoot hasn't been great the last – no, the whole year. It's been it's been good the last three weeks. It has not been great. They scored 21 in Berkeley. Generally, that doesn't get it done, right? They played a lot better against Oregon State. You know, they threw the ball and they threw almost 400 yards, and that's really good. And they were good in key moments against Stanford. They could stay on the field, and, and that was great to see. You know, the third downs were an issue. So they're getting there, right? It's like an engine that's starting to turn over, but I think they've just scratched the surface. So let's talk about some other key players. Obviously, Jaden Delora is going to have a huge factor in tomorrow's game. Max Borgie, I feel like, is old reliable. Like, he just does so many things for uh, the Cougs in red. But who are some of the other guys that BYU fans should watch for in that explosive Washington State offense? you got to look at the hashes, okay? It's all about outside those tackles there. So Travell Harris, all-pack receiver statistically the best kick returner in Cook history, most attempts, most yards, punt returner also, great athlete. Calvin Jackson Jr. had one of the best catches that's humanly possible, not hyperbole, <laughs> in Berkeley, like all time. It was the ESPN number one play, <laughs> just awesome. And so he has that kind of ability. you know. So you've got two elite slot guys. And if you look at the, the – gentleman blocking uh, right before that catch there 
number 88, Dijon Stribling, okay? Um, true freshman from Hawaii, better than expected. They knew he'd be really good. He was a good recruit. He looked really good. Uh, Stribling right there. You know, he, he's a really good player. I think he's been even better. I mean, the Cougs have three top 10 receivers in the pack, and he's one of them, and he's just a true freshman, right? Big frame, kind of a prototype of an outside receiver. So when you're talking about an offense that's going to try to throw for 400 yards, they're going to do it with those three guys. There's no tight end, right? So um, Deion McIntosh got a little banged up last game. See how he's running. And, uh, you know, you guys mentioned Borgie. You, you know Borgie's been around a long time. He's a really, really good player. So the, the other outside receiver spot, they haven't gotten the production out of that they're looking for. Donovan Ollie caught a touchdown that first game, but it's those three guys that have really shined. They look really good. It'll be a fun uh, matchup to watch. Well, Matt, we appreciate time outside of mentioning 2001 Hawaii. That was great stuff, man. <laughs> Let me regale you with a tale of 20 years ago. You know, it was Hawaii, BYU. Oh, <laughs> great, little, to, great to talk to little, you. A little tear coming out. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. All right. Matt Chazgow, the voice of the Cougars with Washington State. I ser- Great stuff from Matt. I seriously hate that day so much. <laughs> oh, man, that's, you, that's great. Yeah, you mentioned that you were fortunate to be on your two-year mission trip, Jerem, during the 03 and 04 seasons. Yeah. I was on my mission trip in 2001, so I didn't really experience just how devastating that was. I found out 10 days after the fact, so it was, you know, it was late. There was other things go- there were other things going on that day for me as well that didn't go well. But anyway. <laughs> yes. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Let's go. Top five Tuesday. At number five, Brian. Matt Bellini breaks loose for a 31-yard catch and run. Okay, let's one defender ride him for a couple of yards. Shakes off another. Drags three Washington State Cougars with him. Bellini was Detmer's top target on the day. Had 10 catches, 121 yards. That was a bad man. He was good against Miami, too. Wow, that's... that's... That's kind of embarrassing as a DB to get dragged a little bit. You've seen Little Giants? That's what that reminds me of. (laughs) Great movie. Underrated. Number four. Right after BYU scores their second touchdown, again, they were down 29-7 at the half. Dave Porter comes flying in the level. Tony Salter on the kick return. Boom! Okay? BYU sending the message. Still down 29-14 at that point. That's a targeting nowadays. But the hard hit sends a message, yeah, maybe. That's a, right? No, 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 no. Right? It, that's definitely a target. Cougars needed some juice to help claw their way back. That gets it started. Different game back then. Number three, under 12 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Ty Detmer. Andy Boyce, where are you? Oh, there you are. 32-yard touchdown. Look at that window. Washington State called for pass interference on the play. Didn't matter. I didn't, Boyce. Know, I didn't, know, I didn't know Andy has speed like uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. Boyce, was, he was the precision guy. He was your precision route runner, okay? and he had great hands. And, and if he dropped that anyway, it was going to be a P.I. Ty Detmer is your quarterback. Goodness. He went over the century mark, 113 receiving yards. Okay, number two, Stacy Corley. This dude was a monster. Takes the pass from Detmer. It's tied at 29. How does he get in? But he does. Nice. Mike Salito, a big block right there on the outside to clear the way for Corley. BYU takes the lead, 36-29. Okay, number one. After Washington State drives the field to tie it at 36, BYU answers right back. Peter Tui Pelotu breaks four tackles, making it look easy on his way. 22-yard game-winning score. BYU had one more touchdown. They went 50-36. They were down 29-7, to 
and they won 50 to 36. They scored 36 points in the fourth quarter. This is, this is when the altitude helps you out a lot. Okay. Because you see a lot of missed tackles. Yeah. You know, uh, guys are usually tired at that point. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Her name is Whitney Bauer. She's the junior setter for BYU Women's Volleyball. Whitney, how you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. You are very outdoorsy, right? Oh, the, yes. The fam- okay, let's yes. talk about this. We mentioned it on the broadcast before. <laughs> But you guys, you guys are like into like hunting, fishing. Oh, yeah. You can do like this turkey call or something. Yes, I'm kind of jealous of Spencer right now, honestly. That he's in Lewis. Yes, that he's in this. Yeah. And he's jealous of me being at the match tonight. So yeah. I think it's fair. So how, like, how outdoorsy are you guys, your family? Oh, we love it. Fly fishing, hunting, you name it. We're, we're in. You can do all of that. We can, yeah. <laughs> and what's like the turkey call thing? Oh, yeah, I can call turkeys. It's, it's You can cool. like summon them? I, can, I guess in a way, yes. I can call <laughs> them in, bring them in, and then... Yeah, that's it's like the funnest part. So you part. you need now I, we'd have you do it now, but like you have like a instrument or something. Yeah, like a mouthpiece. Okay. So I would do it for you right now if I could, but but you can't. I need my mouthpiece. Yeah. You need the mouthpiece. Okay, <laughs> we'll do that another yeah. time. Okay, so obviously tonight is a massive game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys played a bunch of big games mm-hmm. this year. You played on on the road at at the time. You know, number four pit. They got up to number yeah. two. That, yeah. Ma- that's your only loss. Right. Taylor Baller Nixon wasn't there. Yes. She, she was out. Uh, you played Utah. You played some quality opponents, Pepperdine and LMU on the road. You mm-hmm. guys took care of business in four. This is a big game tonight. Uh, how you feeling? How's practice been this week? Getting ready for this one? Oh, we're excited. You know, we we're just looking to get one percent better every single time we're in the gym. You watched General Conference, nice. I did. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, we're just super excited. Tonight is going to be a really fun game, so we're going to come out with lots of energy. Hopefully, we have a big crowd. So yeah, we're we're super pumped. There will be a big crowd. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. a good one tonight. And then they'll go to Midnight Madness with basketball. Yeah, that's the right. Whole deal. That's that's the plan. Um, San Diego's the rival in league. Mm-hmm. What has that been like the last couple of years competing for conference championships against the Toreros, who are undefeated in league, yeah. ranked team as well? Yeah, no, they're a really good team. And honestly, right now, the game plan is just to um, serve tough, serve our serves, get them out of system, and, you know, pass well so we can run our offense and, you know, distribute the balls to all of our weapons. So that's really the, the, the mindset we have going in and just playing good BYU volleyball. So, yeah. You're- your coach, Heather Olmstead, uh, in chatting with Amy and I this week, getting ready for the match, said, I was excited that we didn't serve well but still won over the weekend. Yeah. Because that means you guys overcame some adversity there. Mm-hmm. What did it mean to not play your best in that part of the game, which that's where it starts, mm-hmm. right, but still get really good wins on the road against LMU and Pepperdine? Yeah, it's just cool because then we are able to focus, you know, on our passing or focus on our blocking, which our blocking was has been really, really good. So, you know, we're able to focus on those other aspects of our game and, it's just been super helpful, yeah. You talked about the ability to distribute to all of your hitters. Mm-hmm. And, man, it's fun for you, I bet. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> what is that like in trying to understand, okay, how can I get Kenzie going? How can I get Taylor yeah. going? When do I need to feed the middle? Um, and when am I sliding, you know, with, with mm-hmm. Kennedy or Heather? You have some amazing options. What's that yeah. like to be sort of the quarterback of that? Well, first of all, I am the luckiest setter because all my hitters make me look good. Um, I, have, I'm just, I have so many good options. Um, I think it's more like understanding um, the strengths of each hitter. You know, Heather on that line is on the slide is so, so good. She's so dangerous on the slide. And Kennedy hitting her deep corner shots. Um, and Taylor and Aaron hitting their high line swings. And Kenzie, I mean, Kenzie's a beast in the front row and back row. So, I don't know, just finding ways to help them score has really bettered me as a setter. But it's just, it makes setting so fun. 
We're talking with Whitney Bauer on BYU Sports Nation. I mentioned you're the teenage setter. So let's talk about that. You've re- you reclassified. You didn't have a senior year in high school. No. You came after your junior yeah. to join your sister, Morgan, mm-hmm. on the team. You're both juniors now. Was that weird? Was that hard? Because, like, in high school, people love their senior year. I really yeah. liked mine. But you wanted to come be with your sister. You wanted to get to BYU. And then all of a sudden, you're, like, 17 years old at BYU and setting on this yeah. top 10 team. What was that like? Oh, it was, it was a really cool experience my freshman year. I'm just so lucky because I had Kennedy Eschenberg, you know, I had all the seniors and, and Mary Lake and McKenna, and they were just amazing. They kind of took me under their wing and kind of showed me the way to go. And, and Heather was super, super supportive and encouraging throughout my whole freshman year, making sure I was okay and I was doing okay in school and, I don't know, living situations. So they made it easy and made it fun. So, yeah. There could have been a ton of pressure there, right? You're just coming off a of Final Four year. Yeah. Did you bit. feel that pressure or was it like, it's not me, I just need to get the ball to the right people? Yeah, that too, but I just wanted to play good volleyball and I was just so excited to come in and play for, you know, the National Coach of the Year and play for, like, the best team ever and they came off, you know, such a great season and so I just think that I was just so grateful. I felt so blessed coming in and just more excited than anything. So is it, it's two or three of the crowds this year have been um, top ten all-time BYU. Yeah. Kind of hanging with that 2018 season where right. there were some crazy crowds. What's it like to play in the Smithfield House when it's one of those nights, which tonight might be one of those nights? Yeah, fingers crossed. But, no, it's, it's crazy. It's such a surreal experience. It's pure energy. You know, and mm. I would put BYU fans up against any other fan base in the nation, really. Um, it's just so cool because volleyball is such a big mo- game of momentum and – it's crazy how much the fans can impact that and, you know, shift that energy, which is huge. And a lot of times, you know, volleyball teams have to create that energy for themselves. But, you know, we get that little extra boost from the, well, I guess not little extra boost, but a big boost from the fans. So it's pretty awesome. I like to say this is a volleyball school. Yeah, it's a volleyball school. <laughs> because the men and the women's teams are amazing here. It's really yeah. fun to watch. What's the, what's sort of the relationship with the men's team? Because, uh, what? Two like two players have married men's players oh, or yeah. whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, we see them I'm a lot. I'm not talking just romantically. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Um no, we see them a lot actually. Yeah. Um we're always crossing paths, we see each other like passing through the hallways, going to the gym and I don't know, it's super cool. We're always encouraging each other and we're each other's biggest supporters, so. And yeah. then the coaches are siblings, of course, of the yeah, respective teams. Yeah. And then you you share office space-ish. You know, you guys are on the mm-hmm. first floor, they're upstairs. Yeah. So, yeah, you're literally crossing a ton. Mm-hmm. Okay, San Diego tonight, we talked about how big a game this is. Mm-hmm. What is it that you see uh, from them that has your attention, and what do you hope BYU does tonight to get a win? Yeah, um, they're a very long and big team you know they have some long players Six, and five so, yeah right and Rolling so the beast. yeah so we got to be super scrappy and super defensive because that's just going to generate energy on our side um you know obviously we got to outserve them and outpass them but you know just focusing on what we can control you know will put us in the best spot possible so yeah Amy Gant has said you're the best defensive libero in the country and your ability to <laughs> gather up all the tips right what is it about that that you have learned to be uh, good at that? Because that's how you beat Utah, in my opinion, is Danny Drews was tipping and crafty doing her mm-hmm. thing. I'm not left-handed, but she is. <laughs> um, and you were gobbling those up. She was, she was neutralized in that way. So mm-hmm. how have you learned to play defense that way? You know, I just I think I have the mindset just to not let a ball drop without giving max effort every single time. And just selling out every single time I see the ball. And I hate it when the ball hits the floor without someone going for it. So, you know, that's just kind of my mindset going into any practice or any game. And you got to practice it, obviously. So, yeah, that's kind of my mindset going into it. 
Do you feel like you are or you will pass your mom up, Caroline, who played at BYU, <laughs> as a volleyball player at BYU? Oh, I don't think so, honestly. <laughs> she's amazing and she's my idol, but I don't know. That, that's crazy. That'd be cool. <laughs> and I grew up watching your dad. I'm not trying to make you feel young, but I'm trying to make your dad feel old, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Danny Bauer. He's he's nailing threes in the 90s for BYU yep, men's basketball. Back in the day. Was BYU always kind of the thing in your house, or did it take some convincing? Oh, yeah. We are BYU's number one fans. Like, we've been BYU fans. I've been a BYU fan ever, ever since I've been, like, three years old. Came out of the womb. I was repping the Y. So, yeah, no, we love BYU. Yeah. It's been fun to see your parents at the matches and see at your one of how many girls again? Uh, seven girls. Seven girls. Yeah. <laughs> Girl dad for Danny. Girl dad, he's, that's he's right. He's <laughs> awesome. He's awesome. Well, we're going to have to, the next time we hang out, get the uh, turkey mouthpiece. Oh, heck yeah. And we'll we'll do the turkey call. Yes. Yeah. I can't wait to, I have no idea what that sounds like, but it should be fun. We'll yeah. see you tonight at the Smith Fieldhouse. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, Whitney Bauer of BYU Women's Volleyball. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. T. John Lucas joins us in Studio B. First time in studio, question mark? And I think so, right? Well, you came in unofficially during your tour. But I'm talking first time on the on show. On the show, yeah. yep, yeah. yep. First time in Good studio. Good to have you, man. Zoom call, yep. Yes, Zoom's not the same. We like this better than <laughs> we Zoom. We like this no, better, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, uh, obviously everyone's looking very sharp and dapper in the suits. You, uh, now now it, you've added you've had glasses and you know, you know, looking good, man. Hey, man, I'm trying. You're looking always good. this is something you feel strongly about. You want to be the best dressed wherever you go whether it's on the golf course, course, whether it's to the stadium, right? Of course, all the time, all the time. Are you the best dressed today? On the team? It's no competition. <laughs> no competition. Oh, it's not even close. Wow. I love it. I love it. Uh, and a shout out to uh, your mom, Marie, and your grandma, Barbara, and the whole you know, Lucas gang. The Lucas clan. gang, man. And they, they love BYU, and we appreciate that. No, they do. They're, they're my biggest fans, and they love it here. And when they came here, they fell in love just like I did. Are they going to critique you on how the interview goes? Is it like that level, oh, yeah. or is it all po- Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Everything. M- Mom's watching right now. She's watching right now. You should have sat up. Yeah, you should have exactly. sat up. Your tie is crooked. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, am I looking good? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we, hey, we're here to tell you, you're, lo- you're looking really good. Uh, since you've been in Provo, how is your BYU experience compared to what your expectations were coming into the program? Compare and contrast that. Um, so I l- knew little to nothing about Utah. Never been to Utah in my life. I probably never even thought about going to Utah in my life, but it's something I probably regret now. I mean, it's it's been beautiful here. You know, the the mountains, the people, everybody's been, you know, so nice to me. Uh, Provo's been amazing. You know, if you walk around with the BYU basketball shirt on, it's like the love is it's unmatched everywhere. You know, I'm getting stopped in Ross and Walmart. Um, just because I have on BYU basketball, like, ready for the season, you know, go get the Zags this year. And so, you know, I've loved it ever since I've gotten here. You know, I'm just excited for what we have in store for people this year. I love that. And it's great to have you here. Honestly, we've talked about it for months, but here we are where it's almost the season. Do you have winter coats? You good on that front? Oh, yeah. You're from, from Milwaukee. Wisconsin. You Come know. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, just checking. It's, I'm feeling good right now. I'm like, <laughs> shoot, like, it's like, warm. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No All I need is a hoodie. Below. It's actually going to be 60-something today, so I we're good. Dude. That's that's heaven on me. Hey, you and you and Figure have this little uh, thing going, right, with Milwaukee sports mm-hmm. against everybody else. Packers and the Bucks. Packers. The Bucks won. You're yes. riding, riding high. Yes. Yeah. 
we were a little upset. We walked in the first week and we lost that first week with the Packers. Walked in with our head down, but you know we've been walking high ever since. So. <laughs> One loss to the Saints. Come Saints. on, man. It's like come on, but you know <laughs> your quarterback's yelling at the Bears fans. Life is good, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> Apparently he has a stake in the Bears ownership. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Yes. Oh my goodness. And well, a uh, good way to say that. that yes. Funny. T. John Lucas with us on BYU Sports Nation. It's BYU Basketball Media Day. Energy is super high. Is there anybody on the team that's Low energy? Maybe it's you. Maybe you're the guy that's like, hey, okay, we need to like bring it back even keel. Like, how how is the energy level overall from one to seventeen on the roster? Um, everybody pretty much has energy. I would say the most like calm and collective is probably Poda. He's just quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't really say much. The freshman from New yes, Zealand. Yes, the freshman from New Zealand. But you know, you know, he always comes in, works hard. But you know, if you come in and do what you got to do, I'm no having no problem with you being quiet. So you got Rich on one end of the spectrum, Richard Harward. And That's Poda like on the another other. level, though. Like Rich <laughs> is like on a pedestal by himself, and then there's like everyone else, and then there's the last person. So. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, so Coach has talked about your versatility, not only as a scorer but as a passer, and that's what Caleb was saying. Oh, Tijon as a passer is just amazing, and then of course as a rebounder, you had like five a game as well last year. What is it you expect to contribute this year on this team in this situation? Because every team in year is different. Mm-hmm. But you have a skill set that could be kind of wherever BYU needs you. Uh, yeah, just like you said, honestly, whatever we need at the time uh, during the game, you know, I'm able to score, able to pass, rebound, and try to do a little bit of everything. And my biggest thing is just making the right play. I was always brought up on, you know, making the right play, and that's something I live off of. And you know, I, that's why I watch like Chris Paul and those guys that you know just always make the right read, whether that's for him to score, for him to pass, or for him to get on somebody and yell, just trying to make the right read and the right play all the time. Was it, um, or has it, because it's still going, been been hard or easy to sort of integrate into a group where you're expected to be a leader, even though you haven't been here? Um, it was hard at first. I wouldn't say hard. I was just challenging trying to lead people that know the plays already, and I don't really know them. It's like... <laughs> can't tell him what to do and I don't even know what I'm supposed to do yet <laughs> but you know I've I've learned a lot um I pick up uh things pretty pretty fast and you know now I'm able to you know step more into that leadership role and helping guys out um but you know that's just one phase of it um you know I like to lead by actions as well you know working hard and just coming every day with energy and you know ready to learn how would you explain the dynamic and the chemistry between you and Alex Barcella right now how will that work uh, it's it's gonna be a movie. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it's really nice. Me and Alex, we we know we talk a lot. You know, we hang out a lot. You know, uh, I think it's gonna be very great for you know guys to see and for our team for us to be able to play out there together and make plays. And we're both playmakers, and we both can play off the ball, play on the ball. Um, so I think it's actually gonna be very fun to watch and exciting and something that you know Cougar Nation to be happy to see. What did you work on in the offseason? Um, it's no secret shooting. Just owning my shot and shooting a bunch of jump shots and floaters, you know, different little floaters every day, uh, shots that I get in the game the most. And honestly, just getting my reads, you know, down to perfection at the end of the day. You're talking um, passes? Yeah, you know passes what? and, you know, when to score, knowing when to shoot the floater, when to shoot a three, getting my feet set early. You know, things like that and just, you know, finding little niches and knacks to just sharpen up and 
so I can get ready to play for the next level. T. John Lucas is on BYU Sports Nation, part of BYU Basketball Media Day. How is this team, from what you've experienced with them, different than any other team you've been a part of? Um, the joy. The joy everyone brings in the gym and the joy everyone has to learn every day. Um, I don't think there's been a dull practice where, you know, it's like energy's down, nobody wants to be here. You know, sometimes after those two-a-days, you get to the last one, it's like everyone's dragging. I mean, the last one was probably as good as the first one, honestly. And, you know, everybody's coming in ready to work. And, you know, it's been great to see that, you know, everybody's bought in for the common thing, and that's just winning. How has that happened? Uh, I think that starts, you know, obviously with the coach. Uh, coach Pope has done a great job in trying to bring in, uh, join the gym every day. And then it starts with the leaders and the players on the court as well, you know, make sure we hold our part. You know, and making sure everybody's ready to go, you know, make sure our group texts, you know, make sure nobody's late, you know, that's a big thing. You know, a lot of people like to be late sometimes in sports, whether that's basketball, football, whatever. Make sure everybody's on time. Make sure guys getting up shots. Um, make sure guys getting in and watch a film. And I think, you know, it's got to a point where we don't have to even remind guys to do that now. And guys are doing it on their own. And so that's when you start to see success, when you have, you know, a player-led team and everybody's, you know, bought in and doing their own thing. Just maybe as part of the energy that's brought to the gym has something to do with uh, the sugar that's available around Provo, right? <laughs> I mean, between cookies and sodas, like uh, we understand that uh, you you've become keen to this. Hey man, I, honestly, you know, we might get out of practice, you know, they might be ready to get out of practice because we might have a, a box of chip cookies right there, <laughs> or a box of crumble cookies right there. You know, we've there's so many different things. Way to get, cover your bases right there, by the way. Yeah. There's so, <laughs> there's so many different things that, you know, Provo and Utah provides for you. Sweets-wise, I've never seen it in my life. It's just so many different sweets and candies and cakes. I'm like, oh, my God. Give me away. This, if you, I'll say this. If you want to lose weight, do not come to Utah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Tijon Lucas now gained 20 pounds by March. Uh, not sure what happened here. Um, Mark Pope mentioned that you he called you and said, I'm not sure on this team with this group that the ball will be in your hand every time and it will be the same kind of score or whatnot. Are you still interested? And he said you kept talking. And he was a little surprised by that. What was that conversation like? And why did you keep talking in spite of maybe it being who knows what role, like you said? Because um, at the end of the day, you know, I've been high major, mid-major. You know, I've been able to have the ball in my hand 40 minutes, um, have the ball in my hand for 10 minutes. And it's all led to nothing. And so my biggest thing was coming and finding somewhere where I was going to be able to impact the game and impact winning. And, you know, he helped, you know, have a clear vision on how he can help me as a player and a person. And then uh, a clear vision on how we can do this thing and make something special out of it. So that was my biggest thing. You know, I wasn't worried about, you know, having the ball in my hand 40 minutes. I did that in my last spot. Um, didn't really get us anywhere. But, you know, just trying to do whatever I can to help win. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. This Saturday, BYU is supposed to play Washington State. The Cougars are planning on going to the Northwest and 
staying on the Washington-Idaho border and playing a football game on Saturday? Is it going to happen? Brian, what effect will Nick Rolovich's firing and four of his assistant coaches have on Saturday's game? Huge. Um, it's words. It's it's hard to describe what I think um, the type of impact this will have, and the the reason why is because this is, is very different than what we're used to hearing and seeing when when coaches get fired um, in the middle of the year. Right. I, I was a part of one in 2010 when you know the first time um, since I think the. 1400s that we lost to Utah State, right <laughs> at, at Logan. I mean, it was it was bad, approximately. And uh, on Sunday, you know, Bronco called and said, "Hey, uh, I'm taking over the defense. You know, uh, just certain things with with Coach Hill just wasn't acceptable, and hope that you have my back, right?" And, and in those situations like that, you know, we were one and four for the first time in I don't know a while, right? I mean, everything was really bad going downhill, and that change really sparked us as seniors and. Um, the entire team because it was almost kind of like a clean slate. So anything that we had done previously that was good or bad was completely thrown out the window, and it was a completely new season. It was zero. It, we were zero and zero, and and so all of the the, the potential confidence that we didn't have came up, and all the doubt kind of went away. And and I think in those situations, you do get that spark, right? But this situation is different because. They already had that spark. They already had momentum. Um, and then when you look at the, the comeback win that they had, you know, this last week against Stanford, and you you look at the chemistry, I would say there's there's moments like that in sports where you can feel it off the screen and you're like, oh, this is a special moment, right? That's a special moment right there where, I mean, these kids in these games will remember that for the rest of their lives no matter what. And then to have that ripped away from you a couple of days later – um, is, is what I mean by it. it's completely different. Usually you agree when a coach gets fired. You're like, yeah, he sucks. I didn't like him. I didn't like him anyway. You know, I hated being around him, his breast thing, whatever the case is, right? But now it's like, man, I love, I love that dude. You know, I see him as a father figure. I see him as a mentor. Um, and for you to take him from me without, you know, him, his willingness, right? And, and, and from their perspective, how much motivation do you have Um because now you feel like, okay, I'm a part of an organization that took something from me. Why would I want to go out and perform for this organization, so to speak? And, and again, I'm, I don't know if this is how the players – this is how I would feel, um, you know, if, if, if I were in the player's situation. And, and so my, my biggest thing to me is, is how motivated will these players be? And, and like you said earlier – there, there's some rumors and things happening where it wouldn't surprise me if, if the if the if the the players felt the type of way and decided to 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 you know take this one out maybe sure not play and I don't know we'll see but I I think it's got to be huge I hate that it has come to this and I want to re- read a quote from Washington State quarterback Jaden Delara okay and I quote words cannot express our profound sadness and disappointment in the termination of our coach, Nick Rolovich. Okay, he's using our, so this sounds like a unified statement, right? 100%. Playing for him was a great honor that all of us will cherish forever. He put trust in me and allowed me to grow as a man both on and off the field. Mm. For that reason, we strongly disagree with today's decision. Again, we, 
using our. This is a plural. Yep. Who's involved in this conversation? But we also understand that Cougar football on the Washington State side has been bigger than any one person. We are a band of brothers who play and sacrifice for each other, no matter who the head coach is. Mm. Okay, Brian. Yep. It sounds like they want to play, mm-hmm. and they're going to be there to play on Saturday. We have never been about one person or any one name on the back of the jersey. We have been and will always be about the logo and the pride that all of us share in being part of the Cougar family. This is a very difficult time for all of us on the team. Change is always hard. What we need now more than ever is the loud and passionate support the Cougar faithful can bring to Martin Stadium. So let's pack the house on Saturday and show this entire nation the special bond that we all have as Washington State Cougars, end quote. So having heard that quote, Brian, are you buying into that this is a completely unified front? This is one player, but again, using we and our. Are you buying into the unified effort here? I am am buying in, especially when it's the, the quarterback, who is the leader and the face of any team and program. Uh, for him to say that, I I, I, I do believe that they're bought in, um, they are unified, and, and they do want to play. However, however, you have four coaches gone. Yes, you half of your essentially half of your staff is gone. Your head coach, like I'm all about rallying the troops and playing hard, but when you are missing that many lieutenants and your general, yeah. and you're going onto the football battlefield, like effort and you know, coming together can only take you so far. You have there, to there, focus your efforts. I would say the relationship. So really quick, when Bronco took over, Coach Howe um, became the, the DB coach. And for a whole solid week, we had attitudes. We were mad. Okay. Maybe except for Andrew Rich. But we were mad. And I mean, like, and the reason why, because he made us run all the time. I was like, this is horrible. Yeah. I actually have to work hard at practice. This sucks. And I remember Corby, it got so bad, and like, after the first week, I was good because we won, right? And we beat San Diego, uh, which is my lifelong goal is to beat San Diego State. San Diego so State. I was good. I was like, yay, cool. I'm good. Yeah. I'm, back, I'm back on board. But with Corby Eason, he, it got so bad. Not bad, bad, but things got a little bit weird to where in practice, Coach Howe would say, watching film, hey, Corby, you need to do X, Y, Z. And Corby would say, hey, Brian, tell Coach Howe that the reason why I did – ABC is because I mean it, it was funny, but it was still serious. So, so to to your point, these are new coaches that are coming in, and it's going to take some time for, to adjust just the relationship, right? Not just the scheme. I think that's easy for them to take care of, but from a coaching standpoint, that relationship. What does that look like? How do you organize it all? Okay, with that in mind, then there's the BYU situation as we move to topic two. And the Cougars' problems up front in the trenches, both on the offensive line and the defensive line. Maybe you think it's a talent situation. The Cougars just need more depth. Well, listen to what head coach Kalani Satake said in a recent press conference about that very situation. Defensively, you need to be more physical. And that's surprising to hear. But we also need to get some guys back and some leadership to take take ownership of, of the defensive front. <clears throat> you know, we... We played a lot more physical in other games, and so it'd be nice to get some guys back and, and back to normal form, which means that they bring that, that physical mindset to the line of scrimmage. And so that we need that on offense, and we obviously need it on defensive line as well. I mean, the offense and defensive line. That's something that I'm, I want to own as a, co- as a coach. I, I want to have our presence felt. Our identities that O-line, D-line need to show up for us to have a chance. 
Okay, Kalani taking on some of the onus, certainly as the head coach. He wants to own it, he said. But Brian, then the real passion comes out, okay? Listen to this next soundbite from BYU football head coach Kalani Satake about what needs to change now. All three phases can improve, and, and I think the ones that get most of the most of the uh, attention is the offense and defense, and those two phases need to improve. And we need to see it now. I need to see it now, and it needs to happen today. So, um, really frustrated that that the performance. Uh, I mean, Baylor might have been a better team and might have won the game, but it should not have looked like that to me up front. And that's where it's got to change. The head ball coach is never going to point to injuries or guys being nicked up and bruised. And even though the defensive line has gone through their issues with injuries and the front seven, for that matter, with Keenan Peely being out for the season essentially since week two, but he's never going to point to the injuries, Brian. And the Cougars' offensive line, which was so good for the first five games, has been pushed around against Boise State, certainly got pushed around by the Baylor defensive front. So my question for you is, is it a bigger issue – that BYU hasn't been able to run the ball, or is the bigger issue the inability to stop the run over the two losses? Uh, you know, I'm I'm going to I'm a point to I'm a point to finger I'm a point to finger at the offense. Um, yeah, I would say I would say both, and I think from a strategic standpoint, offensively, it's it's just getting Jaron back healthy so he can run. He just I, I, he he is a completely different player than what we saw uh, in the beginning of the season, and and when you look at the stats and you look at his numbers and you look at the dynamic plays and something that's not accounted for is the momentum swings, right? Like that's it sucks as a defense when you when you when you're balling out and then you see the quarterback run down the field and you're like, dang man, it's, not, it's really nothing you can do about it. That kind of sucks the energy out, you know, out of the, the defense on the, on the defensive side. So. J- Jaron doesn't look, you know, comfortable to me as far as wanting to run. I, th- I think you call more plays, and I think the open the, the running game opens up, and I think they're right back to where they were. To, you know, honestly, from a defensive standpoint, man, it just it just looks like injuries. I know Kalani's not going to say it because he he doesn't want to point fingers. For, from a defensive standpoint, it looks like there's a, a drop off, man. I mean, and, and, and we talk about depth and, and we talk about how BYU's twos have gotten rotation, things like that. But as the season goes on and guys get more and more banged up, you're starting to see them getting pushed around more and more and more. So evidently, we're, we're starting to, to see how big of an impact that BYU's depth is on, on the defensive line. So if you, if you couple you know, depth and you couple experience or lack of experience and maybe um, you know, technique – you're going to get pushed off the ball like you saw against Baylor. It's difficult to watch when the team you root for just gets bullied on both sides of the ball. I mean, it really was bully ball by Baylor against BYU, and that's hard to watch. However, while Kalani won't point to the injuries, we do need to be fair to the situation. Everybody on that defensive front that was an original starter the season, Brian – has faced significant time away, missed games, whether it's one or multiple, but significant time. Tyler Batty was banged up. He had to sit out. Lorenzo Fautea didn't make the trip to Baylor. He had to sit out. He's hoping to play this week. We'll see. Atunay Samahe has missed a game and a little bit more. Keenan Peely, your top linebacker, according to BYU's defensive coordinator, Lysa Tuiaki, has been out since week two. 
Those guys do a lot of things. Okay, so, yeah, BYU needs more depth. Where are the Kairos Tongas of the world? Yeah. BYU needs edge rushers that can get to the quarterback when – and not, not just the first-teamers. They need guys that can come in because they're rotating in yeah. guys left and right. Like, it's line changes constantly to keep legs fresh. Mm-hmm. So when the majority of your defensive line are walk-ons against that Baylor front, should we be surprised at what happened? Not at all. It's a hard lesson, right? Yeah, it's, it's a hard lesson. Yeah, it's it it's it sucks. But, I mean, there's, there's really nothing else you can say about it except for this is what we have and this is what we got to go with at the end of the, at sure. the, end of the day. Sure. BYU certainly needs to be better, and there are always things they can do to be better and change. And Kalani Satake touched on that. He spoke on that passionately. You just heard him. But there is this necessity to bring in more talent, and the lifeblood of any program is recruiting, Brian. Yep. And we want to build the depth. That that's what you're going to have to do. 100%. So. It's going to take uh, everything for this BYU defensive line and offensive line to push forward and find success against those elite-level Power 5 teams. All right, our question of the day. Is it a bigger issue that BYU hasn't been able to run the ball or stop the run in the back-to-back losses against Boise State and Baylor? Let's hear from you, BYUSN, in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. JT Lamoureux answers on Twitter. Stopping the run. The BYU offense has proven it can move the ball through the air. Certainly. Jaron Hall had a 300-plus yard performance both games. The problem was BYU's defense couldn't get off the field. Stopping the run on defense gives more chances for the offense to score. Yeah, I mean... You can't give up 300-plus rushing yards and expect to win a football game. No. And you also also can't turn the ball over, you know, four times either. Against Boise State, yeah. Yeah. Against Boise State and expect to win. Um, as well, it, it goes both ways. I, I I feel like the offense, looking at the the beginning of the season till now, the to me the offense is the strength of this team. When the offense is clicking and getting first downs, converting, um, and scoring points, life is good. Life is good, man. So I put it on the offense. The best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week here on the best of BYU Sports Nation. BYU football 5-2 after back-to-back losses. What? The Cougars three spots out of the latest top 25 poll, reeling a bit understandably after that loss against Boise State and then Baylor. So with two losses now on the schedule officially, Jerem, at this point, what is BYU football playing for in the final Five regular season games. Nothing. Hang it up. It's a, no, of course, it's time to play for it. Uh, to finish ranked. That's what BYU is playing for. In independence, in a normal year, non-COVID year, right? BYU had an amazing year last year. In a sort of regular type of season, normal season, BYU is not finished in the AP Top 25. So that is up for grabs. That's something BYU hasn't done in a decade. Let's go. 10-3 and three would probably do that. 11-2 and two certainly would. Uh, probably top 20 at that point. It'd be the first AP poll top 25 finish since 2009. That'd be awesome. 5-0 and versus the Pac-12 is up for grabs. 4-0 and versus the Pac-12 South is up for grabs. That would be four of the five teams, or of the six, right? Um, preseason top 25 next year is up for grabs as well. If BYU finishes 10-3 and three and returns uh, starting quarterbacks, then... Yeah, you're probably a top 25 team in a lot of places. The receiving votes at the worst. That'd be fun, right? 
Um, showing you're ready to compete in the Big 12 with an overall season. I'm not talking just the Baylor game. Obviously, if you only looked at that, it's like, oh, he's not ready. It was one game. If you can go 10-3 and three against seven Power Fives, guess what? Massive step forward for this program to, to feel like, okay, we can be in the upper crust of the Big 12 when we get in there. Um, and, and also, what BYU is playing for is to, in a normal season again, to be in the college football playoff rankings. Outside of last year, BYU had not been in them ever. So getting ranked in that in a non-COVID, regular Power 5 kind of schedule, actually it's like beefed up, right? It's a plus schedule, would be great. So to me, there's still a lot to play for. I'm hoping BYU can go at least 4-1 and one in the back five, get that bowl game, Finish with 10 wins, man. That'd hey, be awesome. At least the Associated Press still recognizes BYU's as a top 11 finish last year, right? I know it was the COVID scenario, but... Yeah, I'm just saying, like, yes, that was an asterisk in the history of BYU sports, right? Uh, football. In this kind of beefed-up schedule, yeah, let's go. Sure. Is that for everybody else, though? So, like, does last year's national champion and the teams that finished ahead of BYU, do they have an asterisk next to them as well? No, I'm just looking at history with BYU. I know that okay. last year was leg- yes, but it wasn't a normal season for the Big Ten and the Pac-12. BYU got this head start. It was awesome. BYU took advantage. I'm not, I'm not lessening it. I'm just saying it has a unique place in history. It doesn't fit with all the other seasons. Sure. My point is that BYU has a chance, technically speaking, to finish even with an asterisk back-to-back seasons in the top 25, which hasn't happened since 2008 and 2009. Yeah. Right? Scientific fact, undebatable. Yeah, no, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so I love that BYU is still playing for that and that they're only three spots out of the top 25. The way things have gone this season in college football, other than Georgia, like BYU could beat Washington State, and there could be seven teams that lose in the top 25 again, and the Cougars be back in the top 25 this week. It's been I that crazy. That. I expect that scenario to play out. It's, it's happening every week. So BYU could be a ranked team again, even after the two losses, if they show up and play well against Washington State. Certainly, if they beat Washington State and then win what you're calling the Bronco Bowl, the Bronco Bowl. on October 30th yeah. and get to 7-2, and two, yeah. and they've got five Power 5 wins at that point. It's awesome. Yes, BYU's in the ESPN conference as an independent, and being ranked is the way that we look at relevance for BYU football. So if you get ranked, which might happen at the end of this week, great. You know, you're pushing back in the right direction. I jokingly said that BYU's playing for a de facto Pac-12 South title still. No, we aren't joking. I know you got some backlash. You're not joking. Don't shy <laughs> no, away from it. No, I am it, joking because it's no, not real. It's not no, real. When you, de facto is real. No, no, no. Yes. De facto, does mean, it means not real. It means yeah. not legitimate. No, I know. BYU's playing for the de facto Pac-12 okay. title. That is true. It's not real. We know they're not in the Pac-12. Yes, that's yes, the satire. That is the satire. I'm, I'm shy, telling you it's that. It's great. Don't shy away from it. We will, we will hang a de facto Pac-12 tell. South banner. Yes. Yes, it is it's, satire. It is absolutely. satire. Absolutely. Don't Absol- let a couple of Utes get you down. We're good. <laughs> Not that. It just it's it is satire. We love it. We embrace. Uh, they're still playing for it, right? Yes. Everyone knows BYU's not. Washington State, USC on the schedule. Yes. BYU's never won four Power Five games in a season. Never four, because they probably didn't play four hardly ever. Yeah. They've never won four. Well, they played outside seven in 2000. Yeah, and independence, independence. they've done it a bunch, right? Yes, the last 10 years are exceptional. They've right? never yeah. won four Power 5 games in the last decade, and they have an opportunity to do that on Saturday. They've already Let's got go. three. Yes, so if they're BYU, playing for history. If BYU lose to Washington State, now there's massive concern. I think part of the fan base right now is, is notably concerned the way the last two weeks have gone. I am not at that level quite yet. I expect BYU to beat Washington State. Um, and be 
back in the top 25 or like right out of it at 26. Um, I expect BYU to play well the rest of the season. I feel like the last two weeks were exceptional, not normal. Um, I still think BYU is a good team. I never thought BYU was going to be a playoff contender. Um, you know, I said two weeks ago, there are two losses still there. I hate that they happen the next two weeks, but you're going to lose. You were going to lose at some point. I still think there's one more loss in the final five for BYU somewhere. Um, I hope it's not this week, though. I hope it's not this week. A 10-win season matters. A double-digit win season matters for BYU football, especially 100%. because coming into the season, a bunch of the players led by Uriah Leatawa were saying, look, we need to prove that last year wasn't a fluke, that it wasn't just about the cupcake schedule. Like, we're legit. We, yeah. can, we can play with Power 5 teams. We have a lot to prove. To me, they already have done that. Post-Zach Wilson, we've got a lot yes. to prove. They, I think BYU still has work to do, obviously. But to me, they have checked that box. They have proved that last year was not an anomaly, an exception. It was awesome. And BYU's, BYU, to me, BYU built on that. Well, wait, they have two losses. They only have one loss last year. It's a different schedule. It's a different group. It really is. So this, this team has played really well. Obviously, the last two weeks haven't gone the Cougars' way. But at 5-2 and two and just outside the top 25 and three power five wins, this is what I was hoping for um, you know, in the offseason, was that BYU would start to play big boy ball, right? And they have. Yes, they got pushed around Saturday. I'm not talking about singular games. I'm talking about the collective of seven that we have seen so far. I know that the season now feels like it's been relegated to a degree that BYU is playing for the Independence Bowl. That's where they have the bowl tie-in. I get it. But ESPN owns, last I checked, 16 bowl games. And if BYU is a ranked team in the top 20, and they have 10 regular season wins, let's say that they do what is statistically unlikely and they run the table from here on out, and they're 10-2 and two at the end of the regular season. ESPN has liberty if other bowl game spots are they not also have filled liberty. Yeah. by Power 5 teams that are locked into these games through contracts. If there are open spots, the Cougars can move into a different bowl game, or they can move somebody else that's maybe a higher caliber opponent to play BYU in the Independence Bowl. There, there are a lot how, how of moving pieces. How many feathers do they want to ruffle? So in 2015, BYU essentially took Wyoming's spot from the Mountain West in the Vegas Bowl. So it just depends what ESPN wants to do. Now, the most likely scenario is Independence Bowl. The second most likely is the other contractual other game, Guaranteed Rate Bowl, which is cheez Bowl. So there could be other bowl games in the mix. Yeah, the Idaho the Potato chances Bowl. chances are, right, that situation too. The chan- oh, Very exciting. The, the chances are that it's Indy or Guaranteed Rate, but we'll see. And, yes, when BYU's in the Big 12, we're going to know Big 12 tie-ins, X, Y, Z, A, B, C, E, F, G. They may have okay. that many, right? Okay. We, then we'll kind of know, like, okay, you're fighting for maybe a better bowl game, better opponent, more money. Because what do you we, – we talk about this every year, but what do you want out of a bowl game as a BYU fan? I want a Is compelling matchup. I want a Is compelling matchup. Is it location? Matchup. Is it the money BYU gets? Like, to I think matchup probably would win that Twitter poll, right? It's all about because if you're not going to the game, you don't really care where the game is played. Per you want to see a, you want to watch two good yeah. teams play football. Yes, if we're taking the show to the game, which we typically have, then I care about the location. I think Shreveport would be awesome. Never been to that part of Louisiana. That'd be sweet. I know it's unique and whatever. Phoenix would be fun too. Great BYU fan base in the valley there. That'd be awesome. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Two weeks ago, we were saying BYU could be bowl eligible today. That could happen Saturday. Yeah, they could be bowl eligible. They, does they, does the Independence bowl, bowl show up in Pullman? They're like, hey! And make history with the most Power <laughs> 5 wins they've ever had in a season. Beat Washington State. 
who don't have a head coach right now. And the guy who called the plays over the last three wins, their offensive coordinator, he's gone too. Yeah, the D.C. is the, the interim. A lot on the line. BYU still playing for, as we have chronicled, top 25 finish for a second consecutive year. Perhaps a better bowl game scenario or opponent if they are ranked. Double-digit win season. Of course, pride's on the line. You don't want to lose three games in a row. Well, San Jose State, you know, has that, so it's all good. <laughs> okay. Every FBS team has that. Even UConn has that. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Hear what the coaches, athletes, and experts have to say. Here's another great interview from the week on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Mark Pope is with us. Coach, great to have you with us. Tell me you made a top 10 list of reasons why Leanne should marry you to sell her on the deal. No, no, but I did. (laughs) So even better, even better, okay? I wrote a song. I recorded it. It will be put out at some point when <laughs> she's really upset with me. She's but I recorded it, put it on a. They used to have these things called CDs before you guys were born. Record on Get a CD, send it to her. Deal done. Case closed. It was over. Well done. Serious? Well yeah, done. We don't ever talk. We'll about play it on too. part two of the podcast. No, you don't. What we recorded no, no. was part one. Well, that's gonna like people gonna have to pay for that. That's some. Big that's time exclusive content. Hardcore stuff right there. <laughs> now, okay, wait before we start. Yes. Listen. I'm so grateful for you guys. Oh, thank you. It's media day today. Yes. Can you believe I it? I love it. We We're can. ready, it's man. media day. We're excited. So before we go out, I got to hand you guys these oh. to commemorate oh, thank an you. epic last season. Thank you. Coffee oh, wow. table nice. books. Oh, Unbelievable. Wow. You guys are such a huge part of this oh, program in BYU Athletics, and we're super no. grateful. Now, I've seen these. I've always wanted one. It's got pictures and highlight, amazing photos from Jaron Wilkie and the gang from BYU Photo. It's incredible. Ah. Only oh. thing missing is fans in the stands, but we're changing that this year. Cannot it. wait. Thank you, sir. This is thank you. Has some heft yes. to it. Yes, sincerely, thank Wait-y you. Season. This is fantastic. Well, Wait, so season. grateful for you guys. Thank you. And we had to do that today Very because good. we got to turn the page <laughs> and we got to literally forward. turn the page. Yeah, I like that. Are you guys okay if I commandeer the question of the day? Please, Absolutely. We have been do. all summer. It hasn't been recruiting. It hasn't been game plans. It's been nothing. This is the question on the table. We're getting fans back in the stands. Mmm. So, we've been debating on the staff, do we go back to the suit or do we stay with the whole? Oh. I mean, we have been, we've had some drag out fights in the war room. Really? Among the staff. So, I am turning to you, Cougar Nation. Right here, right, one, right here. <laughs> I need your input. Are we going suit or are we going polos or three quarter zips? Okay, send it out. We're doing, we're doing a doing a poll question. Let's do a I need poll to question. Know. I need to know. We got to settle this okay. right now. Well, just looking at you in the suit, like I'm a suit guy. I I love suits. Where do you lean on this question? Here's the thing. I don't want to shade the results. Okay. Because okay? so oh, I have okay. a very strong opinion on this, but I'm not going there. I want to see what the Cougar Nation faithful feel. Okay, we're going to put it out for BYU Sports Nation. We'll have people vote. We'll let you know. At the end of the show. Okay. <laughs> Can I? So I walked in here. I was sitting in the chairs over here, and I'm looking back here. What is the significance of this train whistle? That is the Rob Morris freight train whistle. The so freight train. In, Rob in Morris, like great football player. Yeah. In like 98, 99, his nickname I'm was gonna get it. the freight train. Yeah. So BYU Marketing, we just played yeah. the sound. Um, they, they got this whistle, 
and they gave it to all the fans. So anytime he like made a tackle or anything, doot, doot. so I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm sitting there waiting, yeah. waiting to come on, and yeah. I see this whistle. And I it took every part of self impulse control that I have, <laughs> which you don't have a ton. not to start go blowing on that thing because it's media <laughs> day. We're getting started. Let's go. First I love round. it. Hype first train. Round, first round pick. Hype train's Morris. rolling. Yeah. I'm glad you asked about that. You know, uh, so Leanne worked for David Letterman for a long time. Yes. Yep. And so she always said, she's always like, Dave loved the guests that came on the show with something. So that's oh, my trust goal. Me, Every I know time it's I come on this, I want to come on the show with <laughs> something for you guys. We're okay with that. But that's all I got. That was my whole deal. That was all right, the whole it's deal? up to you guys now. Bring it. Mark, it was great to have you on the program. <laughs> <laughs> You must be doing a press conference today because you went suit. Yes. We have a dress code here of no suit. Yes, so but we're doing. We have an exception for you. Well, for coming on here is super important to me, so we're going suit, and then we're doing media day uh, for the next couple hours in Studio A, which we're su- super excited about, and let's go. Okay, so you commandeered the question of the day, rightly so. Fantastic suits or polos for the coaches. We need or to know. Or three-quarters zips. Or three-quarters help. Okay, so we will, we will put that out and give you the results as soon as we have them. Uh, I do want to ask you about – the level of expectations. We're media guys. This is the stuff that we do. We have our questions of the day. Of course, you have, and you said it before, you've got dreams that most people are scared to even hold near and dear in their minds. So having made the NCAA tournament as a six seed and lost to UCLA, where do your expectations lie getting to the postseason and potentially advancing? Yeah, so uh, we need to win, and we need to win a lot of games. We need to win in a big fashion. I hope expectations are through the roof. I mean, that's what you fight for as a college athlete. I mean, I feel so bad for the programs where there's no expectations. You kind of wonder what you're doing. So uh, we welcome them. I hope Cougar Nation goes crazy uh, and, and, and just blows it up in terms of expectations because that's what we're chasing. We have a good team. We have guys that are really committed to each other. We have some depth. We can talk about all that in detail. But uh, this crew, uh, the reason they came here and they came back here was because they have big expectations. So we're sharing those big expectations, and we're excited to go see what we can do. Let's go. Oh. Okay, 38 and Ken Palm and Alex Barcelo's back, and you've added some transfers and some newcomers. So how do you feel about this group so far, especially since we saw you practice a couple of weeks ago, and that was a ton of fun. Yeah, guys are working hard. Um, you know, the, you talk about the Ken Palm, so it's Gonzaga at one again. Mm. And then it's <laughs> San Francisco, I think, 37. 34. 34. BYU, 38. Eight. St. Mary's still 39. We'll, we'll check. I think we got four in the top 40. At least, you know, Kempom changes every single day. So 42. Four in the top 42. Which we're so excited about. And that's not even taking into account, for example, Loyola Marymount, which might be a top three team in our league this year. Uh, the league is stacked. Santa Clara is going to be great. I'm expecting them to have a breakout season. It's interesting because last year they never got to play in their own – practice it's in their wild. own gym. It's they crazy. were living in a hotel. It was crazy. They still won know. games. I don't know what's going on in Santa Clara, wherever that is. But but anyway, tough, right? Really tough. So um, the league's good. It's going to be so fun. All right, Mark Pope is with us on BYU Basketball Media Day. Let's talk about your roster. And I said before as you were walking in, you've got a lot of guys that want to play and are yep. ultra competitive. And it's a challenge every year to, like, narrow down that rotation. Where do you stand in that? Like, how big is the rotation right now, and what do you want it to be when the season really gets going? Rotation is is 15 right now because two guys are injured. So we're at 15. We'll see how it whittles down. I don't know if I can play all 15 guys for <laughs> substantial minutes every game. 
Um, but but we, we got an unbelievable roster. We're super blessed. I mean, you have a, a team that's led by Alex Barcelo and Tijon Lucas, two veteran, veteran guys who've logged huge minutes and huge games and performed at the highest level. And that just gives you a lot of uh, you know, a lot of confidence and, and feeling of safety there that those guys, you know, you th talk about veteran players and what's most exciting about them is not just the minutes they've logged and the things they've accomplished and what they've proven, but they know how hard it is. That's the one thing that you can't give to rookies, right? Um, and so these vets, they know how hard it is. They've been doing an unbelievable job leaving this team and kind of one through 17, you're right, we got guys that can play. And so it's going to be really exciting and, and really challenging to make it all work, but it's a great problem to have. Naturally, as a senior grad transfer, the comparison with Tijon Lucas and Brandon Averett is an easy one to yep. make. How are they different? Um, well, they're the same in the fact that they're incredibly beautiful human beings. I mean, they're, they're two of the best kids you're ever going to meet in your life. Um, Tijon, in, in his heart of hearts, so it was really interesting. I've talked to you guys about this, baby, but I'll say it again. So I, the first time I called Tijon Lucas, he, um, he picked up the phone, and I knew he was being recruited really heavily. He put up huge numbers at, at Milwaukee last year. It was 16 and 5 and 6. And, um, and so, you know, it's at his last year. I'm thinking he's probably trying to look to have the ball in his hands all the time, take a ton of shots. And so I said to him straight up, I'm like, T, listen, I think you're unbelievable. I'm such a huge fan. But if what you want out of this next year is to have all the shots and have the ball in your hand the whole time, this is probably not your place. Fully expecting that I was going to hear a click on the phone and just be done with it. And he kept talking to me. And they ended up coming here. And that just tells a lot about who he is and what he wants. Um, at his heart of hearts, like in his core, he is a playmaker. He wants to make plays for guys. He's super physical. He's got some length on defense. He's unbelievable finishing around the rim. And, man, he can just dime people up. It's a little bit of a vintage kind of T.J. Haas feel in terms of him getting downhill mm. and then, like, flinging it out all over the place to the three-point line. He's really special. He's got greater leadership, and he's got great joy. People see it at Midnight Madness tomorrow, the joy he has. Okay. It's yep. awesome. All right, let's talk the Seneca Knight angle. What type of impact do you expect him to make for BYU basketball now that he's been cleared? Yeah, Seneca is a he is a unique player in my tenure probably here at BYU. If I was gonna like point to somebody that he might feel like, like be in the same realm as in some ways, it's a Kyle Collinsworth. It's a really, really big guard who you cannot take his ball from him. You can't take it. He's an unbelievable finisher at the rim. Uh, he's a proven big-minute scorer. Uh, was a lead dog at San Jose State for two years. Uh, is a, just an incredible young man. He's got a couple little minor injury setbacks right now that he's working through, but uh, he's going to be a really important key for us. The fact that in key moments of the game, we could actually put him at 6'6 with a 6'8 wingspan, kind of running the point and trust his decision-making is going to be super exciting for us. Just as exciting as running him at the four and thinking about mismatch opportunities. Interesting. Do you expect those minor injury setbacks to enable him to still start the season? Yeah, he, November he's, 9th? He's, yeah there's nothing that's holding back. It's just been a few days here and a few days there. Gotcha. Um, the thing, this practice time is so valuable to kind of learn what we do and how we do it. And so he's, he's super eager to kind of be in in every position as much as he can. But he's going to have a huge impact on the team this year. Have you had to tailor the scheme and the strategy of what you do to this personnel, or do they plug into the scheme? Yes. 
<laughs> exactly. 100% correct. So it's a little bit of both. So we're always going to keep like our main foundational approaches, right? Uh, you, know, you know, over the last six years and two years here, we've proven that kind of our general offensive pillars of philosophy work. They're really good. We've been a top 20 offensive team the last two years here. So I, I talk so much, I run out of breath. I love that. Actually, I love that feeling. Do you ever talk so yes. much? As you yes, start yes. To, we know yes. it well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the last few words. It's fantastic. It's excitement. Okay. Uh, Fans start popping. But with this team, we're just so different. Year one was so different with like the most skilled roster you ever have. Year two was a young, super deep, less skilled, but super big, like physical team. And this year's team is a little bit different in, 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 in makeup than the other two. So we're working hard to take advantage of all those pieces. It is BYU Basketball Media Day. We're talking with head coach Mark Pope on BYU Sports Nation. I can't believe I have to ask this question um, because it feels like he's at the top of his game. But how has Alex Barcelo improved oh. this offseason? Yeah, so he's actually improved in a couple remarkable ways. So he came back on a mission. He's got a very specific agenda what he wants to do. He wants to become one of the best defensive guards in the country. So if you came to practice, you would see him in every single drill. He's got such a huge chip on his shoulder trying to actually make plays on defense. Our new mantra, you guys are like this, Mo Better, Less Worse. Yes. I'm that, getting T-shirts. Yeah, I'm getting Mo Better, Less Worse t-shirts made. I'll get you guys hats. Next time I'll come, we'll deck you out. Mo Better, Less Worse. You trying okay? to get a sponsorship? You heard it here first. No, this is BYU, man. This is vintage BYU Mo Better, Less Worse. So he's been working on his Less Worse numbers huge. And what that means is, like, he's actually trying to take away possessions as a defender from the offense. Wow. And he's trying to, you know, one of the only statistical categories where he hasn't been excellent has been in his, his spot-up defense, all the things that are involved in there. So he's defensively, he's just making a huge difference on every single possession right now. We're super excited about that. He's, he's, he's been so committed. And the second thing is his passing now is off the charts. So, um, you know, right hand, left hand, hook passes, reading the ball screen, lasers everywhere. You know, we did a little study on the Utah Jazz, the best passing team in the NBA last year. Uh, this summer with our guys. And what was really incredible about watching that great team was that not only are they making all the right passes, but the velocity of the pass and the on-time, on-target nature um, was actually buying guys like a tenth of a second to get off a shot or a little bit earlier on the closeout and making all the difference. So we spent the whole summer working on our decision-making and passing, and, and Alex has made huge strides there. So that's just two of the ways where he's Love really that. improved his Hey, game. Alex, I'm going to need you to shoot 60% from the three-point line, yeah. okay? Well, <laughs> Trevin Nell's probably like, yeah, just put it in my pocket, exactly. and I'll do what I did against Gonzaga. <laughs> that's right? exactly right. And yeah. the other thing Alex and Trevin have both been working on is increasing their range. So they, you know, Alex is trying to take more shots and tougher shots, which we're really excited about, both those guys working on their range and it's fun man it's fun to watch these young men grow like seeing these guys grow yeah. and then letting them see themselves grow through their hard work is so inspiring and, and we're excited about it and you even overcame not being able to even practice in the annex as you got a new court and it's getting painted but you're, you're in there and you're good hey any cougar fans who've practiced in that back broken down gym in the old provo high school it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Many a cougar has played in that, yes. right? The old Hoosiers gym is actually an upgrade. If you ever see the movie, that would be a huge upgrade from that gym. Um, let's finish with this. What, what's your reaction to some of the flattering commentary about BYU at Big 12 Media Day yesterday? I, I, I didn't follow Big 12 Media Day. What did they say? Basically, uh, many of Everybody the coaches loves were BYU. talking about 
what a great ad BYU will be, the fan base, the following, you being a rising star in the game. Well, just think about this for a second, okay? Just think about this. You're taking off two top 25 teams, throwing them in that deal. You're taking Central Florida, which has got, what do they have, 150,000 students on campus. And they were in the tourney crazy. Two, two or three years ago. Yes, yep. going to be really good. Mm-hmm. And you're taking Cincinnati. What? With an unbelievable basketball tradition. And it sounds like maybe – I don't know what the details are, how they're working out, but there's a good chance we're going to have Texas and Oklahoma in that league for the first year or two. Right now, first two years, unless they leave early. Come on! You talk yeah. about the best basketball. That's the best basketball in the world. Like, put us in, you know, we got the Eastern Division and the and the Western Conference and the NBA. Just get us be the South. <laughs> let us be the South. Come on. It's better than the EuroLeague. <laughs> All right, I'm getting a little carried away with myself. But yes, it's it's super exciting. This this transition in the league is going to be yet yeah, there. We're so, it's it's so fun to be out on the horizon, but we have to win here in the WCC before we go. It, you feel it's a reality that you can take down number one, and you tasted it in Vegas where you guys were up in the Close. second half. Yeah, yeah. Minus a, like I've said, minus a better coach, we win that game, right? And so, <laughs> so this is the deal. It's like, listen, they're the best team in the country, and we're a top twenty-five team in the country the last two years, and we got to make up the ground. We just have to make up the ground. We have to make up the ground. We're not fortunate to be in the ACC or the Big East or the SEC or the Big 12 right now that has the second best team in the country. We're in the WCC that has the best team in the country. So our job right now is to find a way to beat those guys. And listen, San Francisco and St. Mary's and Santa Clara and all the other teams in this league give us everything we can handle. LMU. It's LMU. So it's on. Like It's just exciting to talk hoops, man. I know. I know it. Yes, I'm not ready for this football season to be over. This football season is fire. It's fun. Like, how yes. fun has this yes. been? We're about to go cause some mayhem at Washington State tomorrow. I can't wait. But it is fun to, it is fun to be getting close. Hey, thank you for the gifts, Mark, uh, for yeah, your injection of energy into Studio B, as always. And it's we so do fun have, to talk with you. Okay, suits or polos. So far, it's uh, polo. We didn't do the three quarter zip. We just yep. Put it out fine, fair enough. Polo sixty seven percent. It's early. Polo sixty seven. It's early. It's early. They're only clearly you want a suit. All right, I'm gonna have to get on my. I'm gonna have to get on my soapbox and start preaching to see where we can go. <laughs> Six, how, many, how many total votes? Answer. Tell me how many. Only, total only votes. like fifty. Uh, only it's hand, early. All right, all it's you, early. all you suit people, could you please jump on the pole and help me out? <laughs> help a brother out, please. <laughs> I will. I will be one of those to help. <laughs> We'll be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. The man who everybody has talked about. You have come up in every conversation we've had today. Every single one. Because of energy, country music. Country, baby. You're driving Seneca night crazy at 6 a.m. with your country music. Oh, man. They don't like my country. Is he the one that's been complaining? (laughs) No. You got Travis Travis Scott. Like, it's uh, it's a great day to be alive. That's what I start every day with at 6 a.m. just to get everyone kind of, like, all juiced up and excited. (laughs) And Tijan doesn't like it. No, he doesn't. That's all right. Um, We've talked about the energy you bring to this team. Where does that energy come from for you? Oh, dang. That's an intense question. Uh, We're going deep <laughs> now. Deep. Yeah. I don't know. I'm off the court. I'm a really quiet person. I'm actually pretty mellow. So that's just kind of my release. And I don't know. It's just a lot more fun. Basketball is a lot more fun when you're just being goofy with it instead of being serious 100% of the time. So I'm just like, might as well have fun. Like, <laughs> And that expels itself in expels volume. It expels it out in loud volume, yes. <laughs> Love it. 
What did you work on this offseason? Because clearly your energy is where it needs to be. Oh, so yeah. skill set, what did you work on this offseason? Uh, I worked on a couple things. The big one is I lost a lot of weight. There was one point I lost like 30 pounds. Wow. wow. Yeah, yeah. Ow. Huh? Ow. I, I was just dieting and then just doing extra conditioning. And then we realized that was a little bit too much weight to lose. My game is I'm a bruiser, so I gained like 10 pounds back, 10, 15 okay. pounds back. But, yeah, that's a big thing, like getting my body in better shape, being able to run up and down the court being able to compete a little bit longer in games because we don't have, like, Matt anymore. Gavin's coming back, but he's going to be a little, like, hit and miss with his knee. So that was the big thing I was focused on, just making sure I'm in shape to be able to play. What are you at now? Wait. Uh, right now I'm at, like, 250, 255. Gotcha. And, and, and that's where you want to be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right there. <laughs> Okay. 30 pounds. Uh, respect. Yeah. I mean, I went on the COVID pneumonia diet and lost 16 pounds, but I don't recommend that for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was different. Yeah. I feel like a hobbit uh, visually. Just Oh, yeah. You, you're a larger human than we are, but uh, I feel tiny right now. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you, you did some internships. You want to do HR or something? Well, Tell yeah, I'm wanting that. to do HR. That's kind of what I want to go into. You want to do HR? Yeah. What were your internships? Well, I haven't been able to do any of them yet, but we've been setting them up. Yeah. Nice. Oh, but yeah. didn't you do something this summer where you got some experience with somebody? No, no. Okay, like, okay I was lied to. We had basketball all summer, man. I was, I was lied to. <laughs> I was lied to. What do you want to do with HR? Uh, I want to go into like recruiting and development. I really like the idea of like you're almost like a coach in a business, helping people progress mm. in the yeah. business. It's, so it's so it's not the handle complaints person. Uh, <laughs> I can handle them, but it, like, no, it's more about dealing with people. Okay, okay. That's, that makes more sense because I thought, I don't see the fit here oh, with yeah. Toby and Richard Harwood. That's where it started was. It was a joke. Like Initially, it was like I was watching The Office. I'm like, why is everyone trashing on this guy? He <laughs> seems like such a nice guy. And then like all of a sudden, I was like, wait, it's actually pretty interesting what he does when you actually look into what he does. Yes, no, HR matters. Uh, it got a bad rap in the show. <laughs> Our human resources specialist on BYU basketball, Richard Harvard, yes. is with us on BYU Sports exactly. League. I want you to be my HR guy at some point. Oh, I got okay? you. I got you, brother. All right. Richard, what makes you most excited about this specific team? Uh, this specific team? Just the combination of having Alex Barcelo and Tijon on the court is unreal. Like, Alex, I've always said, is one of the best decision makers I've ever seen in basketball. He always makes the right decision. He always hits the open man or takes the open shot or creates for another guy. And then Tijon comes in, and he's just like an extension of that. Instead of like Alex, who tends to be a little bit more at like the three-point line and kind of like drives in every once in a while, Tijon's aggressive. He drives in, and he does the same thing Alex does. It's just going to be a deadly combination. Mm, I can't wait. Tell us about some of the bigs, because you have a Tiki Ali, a Tiki joining. Mm. You mentioned Gavin and his knee still getting back. Fusini Traore is kind of uh, an undersized guy, but his length is incredible. Yeah, good luck scoring over those guys. I know. So I, I've been telling everyone, Fusini is one of the best like freshman big I've ever seen to come out of high school. Mm. He's already athletic. He's already got a good basketball head on him. He has a great touch with the ball. He knows what he's doing. He's gonna be he's gonna be an all star for BYU. I'm really excited about him. Atiki is just a freak of nature. This guy is so athletic. He's got a ton of energy. He's really chill, really funny. I feel like he's gonna be a great guy for BYU as well. And then Gavin, his knees coming back along great. It makes me mad. This guy blew out his knee, like totally blew it out, and he's already got like a vertical that's like ten inches higher than mine. <laughs> so I don't know how can I compete. Like how do I? Do? <laughs> that's hilarious. It's just unfair. You it's know? unfair. And sometimes you just have to accept it, yeah. it and it's okay. How did what happened against Gonzaga in the West Coast Conference Tournament Championship when you're so close and then mm. slipped away, and then what happened in the tournament against UCLA, how did that shape your offseason? 
for my offseason, I kind of saw it as an opportunity. Like, okay, we were against the, like, the number one ranked team in the nation, and we almost had them. Like, we had them up until the last few minutes. And then we go against UCLA, and we kind of fell apart, whatever happened. But then they made such a deep run. That I'm saying it's like, we're right there. We have the team. We have the pieces. We just need to focus on the small little details. Because the differences between like winning and losing those games are in the small details. There's not a big thing you need to change. It's focusing on the small little things. Mm. So that's what Post's been talking with us. That's what I've been focusing on, trying to get like the small things, trying to get the small details in line. All the small things, you could say. Um, people are going to see it on your right arm this year during the season. You got some new ink. Oh, yeah. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, baby. I love Lord of the Rings. I brought up the Hobbit thing. We have 90 seconds left. Describe oh, yeah? to people what you got. Oh, so I got the the riddle of Strider in Elvish and Tengwar, the Engl- English script of it, and it goes around the, my guitar, and then I've got the Argonath that goes up each side. It's the statues from the Fellowship of the Ring. Wow. Yeah. It, it, it looks nice. It's pretty sick. It looks nice. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Fun. We're excited. Richard, it's so great to have you. Thanks, brother. Does the energy not feel like way uh, It's amazing. Right now? It's amazing. In, it's like, yeah. well, okay. Oh, let's go. Yeah, let's Game go. day, baby. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> The best thing we've ever done with you, besides this, mm-hmm. was when we did the practice last year, and oh. I didn't even ask you a question. You just came over and just started yelling. Oh yeah. And then you left, <laughs> and I was like, that was Richard Howard. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. A man in a suit, just like his head coach, Mark Pope, Alex Barcelo, leader of this BYU basketball team. Super senior, he's back, looking El- fresh. Elder Barcelo looking good, dude. I would say suits for everything. Only okay. If only if it's Mr. Mac, though. Okay. <laughs> NIL deal. Name, image, you got likeness, an NIL, let's go. NIL deal? I do, yes. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. How is NIL with you? How's that going? It's been really good. Uh, I would say the the best thing about it is learning um, new experiences and how business you know proposals sure. work, contracts, knowing what questions to ask, feeling uncomfortable going into a meeting, you know, wanting to ask a certain question and then finally doing it and you know getting a good or bad response from it. It's been a lot of fun. Have you had a bad response? So I have. Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> learning through that process. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Battling adversity. Yeah. yeah. It's game film, just in a different type of experience, right? Definitely. But it, it's been fun. Um, you know, I think there's a lot more to come for this team, but it's it's been it's been a fun process so far. You decide to come back. Everybody across BYU Sports Nation and across Cougar Nation rejoices. Alex Barcelo is back. Um, You are the super senior, and I mean that in the most uh, complimentary of ways because you have had a super career at BYU, super transition from Arizona. How is your role going to change in this unique extra senior season for you? Um, I don't think it changes much. Uh, I'm still going to try to be the best leader that I can. Um, there's obviously personal things that I, I was working on over this past summer um, on the defensive side of the ball, just just being able to to kind of get a hand on uh, when I'm on, on ball defending, um, get a hand maybe poking the ball away from uh, the, the offensive player, um, being you know the best teammate I can, communicating, help, bottom gap, um, you know, trying to have as, as high of a Q, high, IQ as I can, um, being in the gap, trying to get steals, trying to make plays for my team, just having the most impact I can. Um, and then on the offensive side of the ball, uh, just being protecting the ball, um, being, being the best leader I can, making things happen, playmaking. Uh, but that's one thing about this team uh, that's great is we have a lot of playmakers, and, and it's been fun uh, over these past few months and, you know, summer and then preseason now. And it's uh, I think 
Cougar Nation is going to be very, very impressed, and, and hopefully they're excited. I think they are excited. Uh, we're excited. I want to uh, add something that Mark mentioned, which is you're taking more and deeper, uh, tougher shots. So what what exactly is that? Is that, okay, no one's going to guard me three feet off the <laughs> line, or what is that? Yeah, so, um, I mean, obviously the, co- the coaches have told me to, to start trying every now and then to, to shoot a little bit deeper or coming off a screen, uh, being, being an aggressive threat, uh, you know, be willing to shoot the ball off off the ball screens. And uh, so I've just been trying to, to make it as, as comfortable as it can um, and how it fits into my game. But even my teammates, they, they back the coaches on that. Like, they, they get mad at me if I don't shoot. And, and sometimes it is from <laughs> – I mean, it, it's from five to seven feet behind the three-point three line Like that sometimes. at San Diego State, right? <laughs> that was at the end of the shot clock. But that was a taste, right? But it, it's, uh, it's exciting. I'm very thankful that I have teammates that believe in me so much to shoot the ball. Are we just showing deep Alex threes right now? That's perfectly timed. <laughs> it was well edited. That was, that was well edited. That was done well. That was great. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, you've got the custom suit on. We've got the custom editing <laughs> for what we're talking about. They're just about. like, hold on, deep. Alex. <laughs> okay, uh, your coach talked about how you, again, he talked about the defensive things that you've been working on, the extending the range, passing the ball. I mean, how how is everyone going to get enough shots? Because I'm looking at this roster, yeah. I'm like, well, there are a lot of guys that can score the ball. Obviously, you're at the top of that chart, but how how do you keep everybody happy with so many capable scores? Right, and that's that's something that I don't know if there's a right answer. I think maybe the right answer is everybody's got to be bought in because there's only so many minutes and there's only so many shots that can yeah. go up in a game. And uh, right now, I think everybody is bought in. Obviously, once games start, there's going to be a whole lot more pressure, um, a whole lot more people that come into guys' ears. But the, the way that we kind of try and distance ourselves from that, I, I think that's going to help uh, you know, help us throughout the course of the season, especially in the games that you know, are tough and the games that we might lose. Um, that that's going to be the toughest time to, to be able to battle that. But right now in practice, uh, I mean, every everything's been going, I think, great. You know, obviously we don't have a great day every day. Last week we, we didn't have too, too, too great of a day, but uh, just being able to battle through that. And I think our attitude and effort have been there every day, which is exciting about this team. I don't know if Coach talked about that, but we don't have a problem with energy and, and bringing it every day, which is, is super exciting. Um, especially even through two days when we were waking up at 6 a.m. We have, you know, Rich, we're getting on the foam rolls, and he's screaming at the top of his lungs, <laughs> and I'm standing right there next to him trying to, like, wipe my eyes to wake up. It's just uh, – it's, it's fun, and the guys are, are coming together really well. What did you say, phone rolls? Foam rolls. Foam rolls. Oh, we, you're yeah. warming up. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking phone rolls. Like you're like, hey, is everybody yeah. awake? And Rich yeah. is going, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. That was he yells thing. about that too because if we're late, it's it's not it's a good. Bad. Yeah, it's okay. bad. Yeah, it's bad. Tell us about your running mate, Tijon Lucas. It feels like he's integrated into a leadership position. Mark mentioned you and Tijon as leaders. Uh, probably that starting backcourt. Um, tell the people about Tijon Lucas and who he is as a person and his game. Amazing person. Um, He's, he's a, a jokester. He loves to tell jokes, make people laugh, make people smile. Um, he's just such, such a great, great human and uh, on the court playmaker. So fun to play with, so unselfish. Um, can shoot the ball, can finish the ball, but he loves to get his teammates involved. And I think that's why he's meshed so well with this team is because that's what we preach. You know, we work hard for great shots, and that's something that he's, you know, bought into. But I think he was already bought into that before he got here, which is why he's been such a great fit. His left hand is so good, I thought he was left-handed. Yeah. Literally, after the practice, I go, I called you left-handed. You're not left-handed, though, right? He's right-handed. Amazing. 
ambidexterity is awesome, right? It's awesome. Yes. Just don't go after his Bucks or his Packers. Then things can get a little. Oh pretty, yeah. Well, right? he and Figure are this little gang now. <laughs> yeah. Right. The the NBA finals were were tough for me. We, we watch right? every game at my house, and yeah, it was it was. I I almost cried. I almost got in a couple fights. It hey, was, it was, uh, WNBA was, finals were tough for you too, man. Oh, yeah. Alex Barcelo is with the senior guard for BYU basketball. Fans back in the stands at the Marriott Center. You've experienced both. You had the madness uh, in Mark Pope's first year, and then you had the strange the Kobe madness last year. of the last year. Right? Yeah. The, the actual yeah. madness. Okay. How how have you explained what it's like to play with fans to the newcomers? Like, what are you telling Seneca and Tijon and the other guys that haven't played with fans? I think it gets brought up the most when we're talking about communicating on defense because mm. we're like, we got twenty thousand people in here. We need to be able to hear each other, and uh, I think that's that's when we really got uh, you know, kind of told the young guys like this is how it is and knowing how the rock is how how everybody in that arena is once once game time hits it's just it, it's different and I, I was even thinking i don't know if some of the guys on last year's team know what it feels like um the newcomers from last year. caleb loner doesn't yeah so you know it, what I mean? yeah but he i mean every everybody is so excited um we're so thankful to even be at a school that has fans like we do because I just I think we do have the best fans in the country, and uh, it, it's exciting. I know me personally, that was one of my big reasons when I came back. You know, championships to Provo, but playing in front of the Marriott is, it's, it's like no other. I mean, it's 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 special. Absolutely, can't wait for that. Yeah, one. here's the fans back in the stands and beating Gonzaga in special fashion and having people <laughs> court the storm the court right. Let's go baby, Let's go Alex. Great to talk with you, man. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you, thanks Elder for having Marcello me. in the house. Yes. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Time to go deep blue with Tyler Algier, who's been overcoming the odds since birth and now plays for more than just himself. This is Deep Blue featuring the BYU star running back presented by Brady Industries, Simply Better. He's not one to ever talk about his hardships and struggles, but you know that that he's been through quite a bit. And but for a guy to go through all that and to love others and to serve others, he's a perfect fit for what we want here at BYU. I didn't want to have kids. I didn't at that time. I was only 25, <laughs> so I still was like, I wasn't married. Um, I was in a relationship, but I was like, okay, well, I'm not ready yet. So. Next thing you know, when I found out I was pregnant, so I was actually on birth control. So birth control didn't work. So then I ended up being pregnant. And like I said, it just, it was scary. But then I was like, okay, well, I mean, I'm already five months pregnant. I'm going to go ahead and have the child. His umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck. Ended up uh, getting choked out by the umbilical cord. So every time she pushed and all that, it was just like getting tighter and tighter. Next thing you know, after all this experience with what happened with him, I was just like, why is this happening to me, you know? I was like, I just want a healthy baby, you know? I wanted a healthy baby, but. Two doctors and five nurses and ran to in ICU and intubate him, put him in the ventilator and connect to the art line with the umbilical cord to sustain the medication for blood pressure because his blood pressure was dropping down. So, and then ended up being in the hospital for like a couple of weeks or whatnot. It was in God's hands at that point. And like I said, it just, it felt so good to have my parents' support. I was monitoring him when he grew up. If I, I 
see a sign of neurological status changes, but so far so good, knock on wood, God is looking after him. A couple of the hardships I know was um, his father, and unfortunately he wasn't a very big part of his life. The good thing and positive thing about that is he had so much love around him that it didn't bother him. So we only had like four rooms. We had a living room, my grandma's room, grandpa's room, and then all three of us stayed in a room. Had my mom and sister up top, and then I had a pull-out bed at the bottom. We were living there right there, shoot. I couldn't, I couldn't have asked for more and just grateful for my family just doing the most they can. Grandpa was basically his male um, father figure. With his dad not part of his life, it was just my dad was kind of like his best friend. Yeah, this is my guy right there, so he always looked out for me, always looked out for me, you know, always slid me, slid me money on the side, you know. He was like, don't tell your grandma. I still haven't told her from this day, but now I'll freaking show no, but. My husband named him T-Bone. Come on, T-Bone. I said, what rums is it? Why do you call me T-Bone? Because it's fit to your personality. <laughs> Being away from home, something foreign, doing the whole walk-on thing, it's not easy. And I don't think a lot of people know, but when he first came in, he was working the graveyard shift at Walmart to pay for school and everything. Yeah, so honestly, it was literally just taking the most out of every opportunity. I think that's kind of what I live on. And so I just literally just worked, worked super hard because I coached Lamb and all of them. They, they have like the best guys will be on the field, you know, that's, that's what I strive to be. And then uh, just literally working my way from special teams, working my way up. He had a great sense of urgency to do anything it took to earn a scholarship. And again, I think that goes back to why he was willing to play defense. He was willing to play anything we needed him to do. He just wanted to prove his worth to earn that scholarship. And of course, he's clearly done that now. He's, in my opinion, he's one of the best running backs in the country. All those long days and nights, you know, working and, and doing whatnot to, to get to where he is. I think it's definitely helped him, just motivate him and push him to another level. The 30, the 25, the 20 comes inside 15. Tyler Algier with a touchdown, and the Cougars score. Tyler Algier runs it left and right into the end zone. Literally, when I left, you know, obviously leaving Gramps was hard enough, especially, but he was always just proud of me, especially just even getting the preferred walk-on spot, just because I'll be the first to graduate from college and all of that. So that's a big, big thing for me, and losing him was for sure a big toll on me. I actually had to call Tyler around 1 o'clock in the morning, and I told him, I think it's time. Put him, Tyler, in the peace, peace time. He was talking to his grandma. It's okay, Grams, to go. I'm here with you, talking to you. It really hurt him. He wanted to be here to hold his hand. My dad's last breath, Tyler was on the phone with us, and everybody was there in the room, and we basically said our last goodbyes. He was just doing his thing, and then next minute he has cancer. You never expect that on your own, your own family, you know, just going through that. So literally just taking day, everything, literally everything, day by day, and just making the most out of your opportunities that you have. When you go, leave the house, 
say goodbye and kiss everybody because you never know what's going to be happen. It breaks my heart because I'm sure his grandpa would have been thrilled to see him play at the next level because I, I believe wholeheartedly he has that talent and that caliber. It's been cool to see just the growth in him and understand like who he really is doing this for. So good luck, Tyler. Good luck, Tyler. Love you. Love you. What a story. Deep Blue with Tyler Algier. Heavy stuff. He's a special dude. Yes, and, he is. And uh, relationships are what matter in life, right? And uh, that relationship meant so much to him. Not having a father figure, having his grandpa. Hopefully grandma watched and realized he was getting money on the side, like you said, which is hilarious. He was doing graveyard shifts at Walmart as a walker. That is unbelievable. And playing linebacker. Yes. He deserves everything good that comes to him because he's worked so hard, right? And he's going to be an NFL running back. Yeah, last I checked, he's a fifth-round grade. He That will be a life-changing event for himself and his family, which he has earned. Yeah, so happy for Tyler and his success, and I look forward to many more things. It's a great opportunity to watch him play every week. Absolutely, what a dude. That wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear. And catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio.